Hello and welcome to the Sirtos Podcast. Maria and Evan back today for another episode. Without further ado, I will let our guest take it away and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Dimitri Dallas, uh, dance instructor, Perifania uh, in Chicago. Also a musician with uh, Ed Dassi and a whole bunch of other ensembles. Awesome. Welcome to the podcast. Um, nice to be here. <laughs> so if you've been following along, you certainly know by now that we, we have a little bit of a theme going on here with the uh, the cast members of Endasi. Um, <laughs> hopefully we're going to get them all together too. But um, right now we want to we want to dive in and learn their stories. So um, we always start our podcast the same way. Um, we want to know your story. We want to know what got you into dancing, music, Greek culture. Um, how did that kind of grow into what that passion is for you today? Um, so where did it start and <laughs> where did it go from there? It started before birth. Uh, <laughs> Came out of the womb dancing. <laughs> kind of, kind of. No, it's, um, it's a common theme, I guess. It's, you know, constant exposure to it. And if you yeah. grew up in a Greek American family, you totally get it. You know, you're sitting in the car since you're sitting in a you know car seat mm -hmm. and you're listening to your dad blasting whatever he's blasting, you know, and it's <laughs> and it totally followed suit. And uh, yeah, it totally shaped everything that fell in place after, uh, you know, aside from just at home being exposed to it constantly. You know, we had Greek school and exposure to Greek dance. You know, they would bring teachers out and they would show us some steps. Some kids got it. Some kids were into it. Some kids weren't. Uh, it, it, it totally follows exactly the the trend. Uh, me, I I swarm to it. I loved it. You know, I grew up watching my papu dance. You know, mm. and that was so influential because you see it constantly. You're like, oh my god, he's amazing, and you know, it, it gravitates to certain things. And that was my thing. You know, music and dance, and and they went very much hand in hand. It wasn't. Oh, I became a musician and then I became a dancer. It was always constantly at the same time. Was it always Greek music or did you like get into other types of music as well? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I had my stint in, in junior high and high school. I played in uh, in rock bands. So I was okay. doing uh, like the garage band thing and, you know, Green Day and Blink-182 were huge then. So I, we were covering all of their songs and we did... Um, uh, we did Battle of the Bands freshman year high school, which we won, which was awesome. Um, Taking it back. But, yeah, yeah. But, uh, the, you know, exposure to, to everything. I think it's it just it shapes everybody. You know, yeah. uh, if you ask the other guys from us, you know, Dimitri is huge into Rush, you know, mm -hmm. and musicality is, is such a big thing with us, you know, where we love diving into the intricacy of stuff. We, a lot of people won't even notice it, you know, sirto, sirto, but uh for us it's a little bit different so you take yeah. influence from a lot of things you know if you see Dimitri play a drum set it's like watching Neil Peart he's all over the place you know animal mm -hmm. <laughs> uh but uh you know you take in everything and it kind of shapes your style and and all of the rest of it what was the first instrument you played uh other than uh, the recorder <laughs> in like fifth grade that everyone had to suffer through <laughs> um I think I took lessons for piano just before I started diving into Greek music. Mm -hmm. So okay. generally, I mean, the first instrument that I really took to was Buzuki. Mm -hmm. And I had a teacher for that. 
Panos Menexis, now deceased, but the guy was, you know, a a life coach. He wasn't a a Muzuki (laughs) teacher. Mm -hmm. Uh, But no, it was piano. Uh, A few lessons. I didn't like reading sheet music. That wasn't my thing. I didn't like structured music. And that was kind of the difficulty behind the whole thing. Uh, But once I found out that you could learn an instrument by hearing what you're playing, I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. (laughs) I feel like that's like a common trend with everyone in, I don't want to say everyone in NDC because we haven't spoken to everyone. And I don't know if we asked like Jordan this question, but the fact that like you didn't like reading sheet music and you're, you can hear stuff and mimic mm-hmm. it blows my mind, blows my mind. It just, I just don't understand like how I can understand how people do that with dance. And we talked about this in, in another episode, mm-hmm. like you see and, and you mimic because you're moving your feet. But this is probably why I hate dances where like the feet and the arms have to move because in music, you're like, you're doing so much. I just don't get how you can hear it and do it. I don't know. Can you explain that? Or it's just natural. Just happens. I mean, part of it's training, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to kind of know where the notes fall on an instrument, um, which makes learning new instruments, you know, difficult, but it makes it easier when you're trained to do it by ear because you're trying to mimic the sound. You know, you always hear what, you want to reproduce um and you kind of go from there uh and that was kind of the coolest part about taking buzuki lessons because they were you know the teacher was did you hear what he just did i'm like no i didn't hear anything (laughs) what what are you talking about he's like listen to it again and listen to it again and listen to it again and it was this constant thing like oh there it is yeah and that's what he was trying to achieve and that's you know that's training yeah uh similar to dancing you know Mm -hmm. And that's what I see with a lot of the young kids that I teach uh, with dancing. It's, you know, do you see what I just did on, on that step? There's a little hop. And they're like, no, you just stepped. I'm like, no, I didn't. But the rest of my body's moving. It's very similar, you know. And, and like I said before, it's it, it goes hand in hand. And it's very much connected. That's, yeah, that's very true. I mean, it's the, subtle, the subtleties in what you do, you know. Like, hey, I leaned more on my big toe than on my <laughs> my pinky toe, and that made all the difference in that. Exactly. But, you know, like those little things uh, that can have a tremendous impact in whether you're dancing, you know, bundos or you're dancing uh, some other. Totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, so growing up, you're um, you said I mean you had a lot of influence from your family. Was it a very um, I mean was did you have a lot of family around you growing up and or was it more like kind of Greek community as family? I guess both. Okay. I, that's kind of a, that's a tough question. I mean, my mom was always involved in dancing too. So it was mm. kind of, you know, we were together in that. And then my sister was part of the group. And then my brother joined up when he was, you know, they're, they're a lot younger than me too. Uh, but it was a family thing. And my dad was always very supportive of it. And then later on, you know, I met my wife. Actually, I met my wife way earlier we had actually started dancing together um so she kind of fell off of the face of that and then i kind of dragged her in when we started our group and it's become a very much a a family and community i mean it's like music and dance it's all connected you know (laughs) yeah yeah can you talk a little bit about like how you started dancing in chicago because are there like church-based groups and then groups outside of churches or how is so the I Chicago think dance experience? Sh- the Chicago scene is more private groups. Uh, I started oh, with, yeah, I started with a, another group 
I'm not going to name names. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, our family was really involved in it. And it, again, private group, you know, its own thing, not very much involved with the church. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and then, you know, creative differences start happening when you, you start reaching a point where you want to see certain things or you want something out of it. Uh, so we decided to, to part ways with them and we started our group in 2007. Oh, wow. And we're not affiliated with a church. We're kind of doing our own thing too. And it's, we've kept it small. It's not that we didn't want to branch out or make it this huge thing, but there was not all that many of us. I don't have too much help. Mm-hmm. God bless my wife, my mom, you know, they're, they're there. They're, they're definitely helping. Um, but, you know, a, a lot of the weight does fall on me. So it, I don't want to make it too big where I can't handle it. Of course. You know? Yeah. And, it, you know, you, you sacrifice quality i guess once it gets too big mm-hmm. so you have yeah. 200 kids okay big deal like they dance crappy mm-hmm. <laughs> i want to focus yeah. on on the ones well, that i have yeah absolutely there's definitely something to be said quality over quantity <laughs> of course that's yeah. always the case absolutely um go ahead no no it i was just thinking about on one of our earlier episodes we had somebody who grew up in Indiana, like I guess a Chicago suburb Mm -hmm. in Indiana, right? Um, And for her, she was saying how like back in the 70s, it was so, so church focused. um, And it was just like, you know, all these like churches would just go together and perform at each other's festivals and stuff like that, um, which is kind of how like Evan and I grew up. But then we started our own dance group similarly because there were just these differences and opinions of like who should be a part of a dance group until what age, all this kind of stuff. And there's really a lot of like, if people don't know, there's a ton of work that goes into starting your own dance group when you're not supported by an organization like a church, everything from like practice space to like paying the utilities for that practice space, depending on on your situation. So um, kudos to you guys for doing that because it is not easy. Like the system is not set up for people who want to like branch out and do their own thing, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's exactly right. It's such a pain. But I, I, you know what, I think it's worth it. In the end, you want to do certain things and you don't want to answer to anybody. So that's why you left the other places to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. because you have a vision of it and what it means to you. And if you're not allowed to express that that vision, then what's the point? Why are you doing it? To come home and and complain about it? That's not fun. (laughs) Uh, There's no point. Exactly. That's so funny. I mean, that really, I mean, for me, it was always about allowing dance to really just happen in its purest, most organic form. And when you have all the rules of, and I'm not going to, I'm not you know, trying to beat up on the church, but when you have all the rules of the church where, you know, you have to do it this way and you have to do that and it has to be fair for all of, you know, all these people and, all, you know, whatever we say goes, like you start to lose that, that purity and that just, I mean, that, that was our big stance was we wanted we wanted people to be able to come down and feel like they were, you know, just coming down to the the Gothenil and like hanging out if they wanted to, or if they wanted to dance, you know, it was, I was there for them. It was always just about, we wanted a, we wanted a program where the kids were coming or adults, whoever it was, they were coming because they wanted to be there, not because they were forced to be there because they had to do this in order to participate in this other activity or whatever it may have been. Totally. <laughs> Totally. You know. And that's, I mean, that's just a, a testament of, of the whole thing. It's, it's dance. 
It's yeah. supposed to be a party. It's supposed to be fun. Now, obviously, you know, when I'm teaching, I don't want, you know, the company yeah. to be going on behind me. <laughs> right. But at the same time, you know, when you're performing, and this is something that I've, you know, I've accented more with my adult group, where we'll actually bring in, a, you know, drinks and we'll, you know, once the material's there, you want to start having fun with it. You want to start living it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's where all the difference is, especially in performance. You know, we're performing dances that they would do at a party. If you're yeah. not acting like you're at a party, you're doing something wrong. You're just yeah. going through the motions. And that's that's like half of it. That's the, you know, you're, you're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's the authenticity of it. That exactly when you can figure that out and when you when you can put that on display, you I mean, you hit next level for me. <laughs> yep, absolutely. So you have an adult group, you have kids in mm-hmm. the, like a, a children's group. Um, where do you guys dance from? Like what regions or do you dance all over? Everything. Awesome. Uh, it's kind of the, whatever the flavor of the month is for me, <laughs> you know, if I'm, and that's, yeah, I got musical ADD for sure. Um, but <laughs> so I think you know, Evan, you're good. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's so hard because you, you're exposed to all this stuff and it's so beautiful. Every single place has its own beauty. I mean, there's stuff that I prefer over others, obviously, but, uh, you know, it's so hard to choose between, you know, Ipirotica versus Critica. I mean, what's more beautiful? Are you kidding? They're mm-hmm. both amazing. They both hit certain nerves and it depends on what I'm going through that week or that day or that hour, you know, and it changes. But um, for the little ones, it's more structured. I like mm-hmm. switching up every month, giving them exposure to all of it. Um for my adults, I know more or less what I want to dive into. And the hardest part is for me to make them feel like it's theirs, mm-hmm. right? So when we started doing Ipirotia, and I, I dove in for like two or three good years of, of just focusing on, on Vorio Ipiropogoni, um, it was hard because they're like, oh, this is slow, this is that. And I was like, okay, hold on. It's not slow. I mean, yeah, it's slow, but <laughs> it, it, you have to, you know, it's got to start inching its way in this area, less mm-hmm. than here, you know, mm-hmm. and it did. And now I can't play out anywhere with my group showing up and not play uh, mm-hmm. a Bolognese, a hard one, you know, and that's, that means that I did my job right. That's yeah. the testament of, of doing it exactly right. You know, they love it. Uh, now on to the next. I got to figure out what else I have to make them fall in love with. Right. The, the, the dance matchmaker. <laughs> what what inspires you when it when you're picking like a region or dance that you want to do? Is it, I mean, do you fall in love with the dance or is it the music that moves you and then the dance follows? What, what comes first? Chicken Loaded question, then. Loaded question. <laughs> it is. It, it is the chicken or the egg. It's they have to both. How do I explain? They, they both have to hit a nerve. Yeah. And it's that simple. It, it, it's not a complicated question at all. Uh, I can make it complicated, <laughs> but I'm not going to. No. Um, if I see something that inspires me, I, I, I don't know how else to say it. It just it's got to hit the nerve. And once it does, I make it my own. And that's, that's the secret. So um, your exposure to all these different regions of Greece um, and dance and music, do you travel to Greece or has it been more through like events around the country here in the States? A lot of both. 
Um, okay. I spent a lot of time in Greece almost every summer. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not to say that I was doing research or anything. I think everybody confuses the two or <laughs> tries tries to take credit for the one when they're not really doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, g- going for coffee at the village that you want to dance isn't doing research. That's okay. having coffee, you know, and you you see it a lot. It, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I think that I think it's equally as important, right? Because there's so many good teachers here. There's people that have dedicated their lives to to learning stuff and and really spending decades learning it. Uh, that no matter how many times you're going to visit. They have made Gnorimias, they've made friends, they've made connections to that specific place that it, it, it's going to be very difficult to do in a short amount of time, right? Uh, so it's just as good learning from, from some of our, our awesome teachers here in the States, Canada, uh, you know, teachers from Greece that come over too. I mean, there's so many resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the first region that really got you? whether it was like the music or the dancing? Uh, honestly, Rumeli. Just, you know, growing up listening to the hard clarina, mm-hmm. watching my papu dance, you know, I mentioned it earlier, but that is something that's so, that's DNA. You can't mess with that one, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, and my dad's family is from, uh, from Britannia, which a whole bunch of our listeners, you know, from down Charlotte <laughs> are mm-hmm. from, but um, Carpenisi. So, a lot of clarina, uh, viola, you know, standard calamatiana. And that's, you know, something that always caught my attention. After that, Kriti, obviously mm-hmm. I love Cretan music, not so much the dancing. And that's mm-hmm. that's something that, that that's always kind of weird. Uh, maybe because I'm out of shape, but <laughs> but the, the music, that's one that I can I can separate between the two is that I I love the music a lot more than I love the dancing. Not to say that I won't get up and dance a, a, yeah. a slow canyote is my jam, <laughs> but slow. slow. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna exert myself more than I have to. <laughs> that's amazing. I feel like that's slightly very Cretan of you to say. I feel like some Cretans are really like, I'm just the slow jams, okay? I'm the slow jam side of this island, so. <laughs> yep. Just let me do it. <laughs> I love that. Go so, ahead. <laughs> I can tell um, you have a question. <laughs> I'm curious what, I mean, I know this is a difficult question, but what would your favorite region of Greece be? Or do you have a favorite dance? When, today? Yeah, what's your mood today? <laughs> my, my mood today has to be Cretan. So that's what we're, yeah, that's what we're okay. doing. Later on tonight, we're uh, actually, we, we started this, this ensemble here. Um, you know, two lauta, I'm playing lira, skumandura, and then, my buddy Yanni, which has, has come to, up to Bethesda mm-hmm. with us, he's playing Daulaki uh, and Madolino tonight uh, from Antenna. They're interviewing us. Last week we were on Kriti TV. Yeah. The week before that we were on Earth. It's Looney Tunes, you know. <laughs> ah. That's amazing. <laughs> so tonight, tonight I really have to play Cretan. Tonight you're okay. Cretan, okay. <laughs> Is that going to be on Facebook as well? Like it yeah, was yeah, we'll last time, kind of? We'll definitely upload it, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I feel like, um, I don't know, you were raising, doing one, like a live stream with Greek American Foundation and raising mm-hmm. funds for something that they were fundraising for. And it was so, it was so great. And I was like watching the comments and I'm like, I 
this is exposing people who may not be like super into the Greek dance world to true, true, true Greek cultural music, not knocking like pop or whatever, you know what I mean? But like real, like this was like the real deal. And I just was like, I was so happy to see people. You could tell that they were like moved to tears, like watching this like live stream. It was just amazing. It was amazing. And you guys raised a lot of money for, for that charity and the foundation. So So initially we were just going to go live. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be a thing. Uh, you know, with the guys, like I said, we all love Cretan music. Uh, I think one of us is from Kriti, and that's <laughs> Dimitris Pataragi, uh, which I've been playing with for, you know, five or six years. And, you know, we have come up to to Hampton Roads for their dinner dance a couple of times. And it, it, it was always something. And we always wanted to do something live, especially now, because it's it's missing so much from our life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mentioned it to my boss and, you know, God bless the treasure. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. But she she has these ideas that, you know, it, it's so much, everything's so much bigger than what you think it is. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been the driving force for the past year, you know, with these uh, uploading videos and, and doing all that stuff. It's, um, it, it's her pushing, honestly, you know, mm-hmm. and I gotta give it up, give it up to her. She's an incredible lady, uh, but she's 10 steps ahead. So mm-hmm. she's like, no, you're not going to go live. I was like, what do you mean I'm not going to go live? <laughs> I didn't ask you. She goes, no, no, no. You're going to contact Greg Pappas and he's going to do something and we're going to make money and, and going to donate it. I was like, why? I just want to get together with my friends. Why does this mm-hmm. got to be the thing? You know, but she was right. And it is. It's exposing all of this stuff to people that otherwise would never listen to it mm-hmm. or never see it. Or if they've heard it, they have no idea what it looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, it's so important. Yeah. And I feel like too, it's seeing like Greek Americans do it. You know, it's not coming like, you know, f- via satellite from, from somewhere in Greece. It's, right. it's people in Chicagoland, like doing this. And for our listeners who, who may not understand the um, notation of the treasure. So correct me if I'm wrong, the, the treasure of Cook County, which is a county in Chicago, mm-hmm. county in Illinois. There we go. That's right. a state. Okay, great. Um, is Greek. Right. And she's no, she's isn't the treasure oh, yeah. Greek? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yes. The treasure is Greek. Her name is okay. Maria Pappas. OK. And God she's bless like, Maria. <laughs> she's like a, she's a badass. Like she's yeah. really. Yeah. OK. And you're OK. Your like nine to five job is working in her office, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, nine to five on a good day. <laughs> nine to nine. <laughs> we're doing we're pulling twelves. So. Yeah. This is really interesting because I don't think we've had anyone on where we've asked this question to, but your like work life totally intersects with your Greek life, you know, like with music and like, right? Unintentionally. Unintentionally. (laughs) It shouldn't. (laughs) It shouldn't. But how is that? Like, is that, I'm a nurse and people don't understand like why I spend so much time like doing Greek stuff. They don't get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, Maria, you're teaching again on the weekends. You can't run this vaccine clinic. I'm like, no, like I have stuff to do, you know, Greek stuff. Um, but how is that when like, we'll call it the nine to five work jives or understands like the extracurriculars? Well, uh, how do I explain it? You know, it's, it's good and it's bad, right? Mm-hmm. There's times where where I'll start uploading a whole bunch of videos and I'll hear it, you know, 
Yeah. It's like, oh. you know, <laughs> why are you doing that? You got to be focusing on this. And, that, you know, yeah. that's that's where it starts getting difficult, where the one bleeds into the other. And yeah. it, you know, it's hard to separate. But for the most part, I've been blessed enough that uh, my boss does get it. She pushes for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's wonderful. Yeah. So. No, but I mean, that's that's always been her her thing, too. Right. She's mm-hmm. always run a cultural campaign and she's always you know, on TV screaming about how Greek she is and, and how much she's helped Greek kids in this community. It's, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people don't know or don't care to know, and it's not something that's really broadcast, but I think it should be, is that she's given a lot of people their start, um, and she's th- the best. I mean, yeah. honest to God. Maria, if you, if you watch this later on, I love you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you have to send her the link. Be like, listen to this podcast. Get, get hip with the podcast. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just, it's just a different perspective. I think some people, yeah. there's such a sharp line between what you do um, for work and then and then this, and it, it can get kind of difficult to have those double lives, especially like when you have to travel for events and, and all that good stuff. Um, but it is, and I was, always, I was always self-employed, so I never had to deal with it until now. So Right, right. It's, uh, it, it's weird. <laughs> yeah that's what i, I mean that. <laughs> Ev was, evan was self-employed until about two years ago right yeah yeah so it's it's weird i mean we, we talked about exposure a lot in terms of um we talked a lot in terms of like how competition has really driven the conversation um so that it pushed a lot of instructors and directors in america to really dive deeper and really get to know the regions um, so, you know, I, I think that's, that conversation for me in particular was definitely a little bit eye-opening to really see like how much, when we really talked to some of these people that did the research, like Yvonne Hunt was one that really just opened my eyes to like oh, yeah. wow, the amount of effort she put in and how much, how influential she was and really just, I mean, I would say dance in America as a whole, because I think I think the work she did had a huge impact on that. Um, so, like when you're talking about all this stuff with like, you know, uh, going live and sharing the music and that, and we're exposing it to people that wouldn't have seen it, it really just, for me, it hits home because it's like, and I know for Maria too, that this is you know why we want to do the podcast and why we want to do so many of these events and you know things that we do is because it's we want to make sure that we're not holding on to anything that we have that we're making accessible to the next generations. And so, I mean, for me, I know that's a huge driving factor in why I do what I do. Um, Because it's just like, I know how much joy this has given me and how much it's really opened up my, uh, my life, I would say, like just through dance. So I'm curious, like, what is your most motivating factor with teaching and you know keeping you know learning the music sharing the music sharing the dance and all that i mean that's that's the question right why would (laughs) i be doing this if i didn't have a motivation uh until four years ago my motivation was that i loved the music and it was that simple uh four years ago my daughter was born Mm. and then instantly that changed. It was, you know what, this is way too cool and way too important for my community for my daughter not to have something like this, right? 
So it has to keep going. And it's not because I had spare time. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, but it is important. It's something that connects us on a bigger level than just language or just religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody has religion in common. Okay. And it depends how far you want to push it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, language. It's only a matter of time until they start speaking exclusively English in Greece. Mm-hmm. You turn on the TV and half of the words are English anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is something, I think it's something way deeper. Uh, it's something that's been around for thousands of years, not just a couple hundred. It's something that's evolved and something that, uh, I don't know, it, it's ours. For lack of a better word, it's ours. And I think that's something that you have to remove yourself from to understand it. And that's why it's so much more difficult for, let's say, a kid in Greece doing this stuff to, to, to get a hold of it, you know, or grasp it. And it's, I don't want to knock on any, anybody doing it because it's, we all know how difficult it is to, to get involved in groups and dance and perform. But yeah, competition drove the United States groups to some of the United States groups to be what they are. <laughs> But it, it, it totally pushed everybody to, you know, to, to do something better. And that's, it's the better that, that everybody gets stuck on. You know, mm-hmm. we used to do this 10 years ago. You always hear it. Oh, 20 years ago, we killed. Okay, that was 20 years ago. What's going on now? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where it, it constantly has to grow and go deeper. And that's where, like I said before, that research, you know, a lot of the teachers have this, they they had they forgotten more than I can ever <laughs> find on my own, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's like peeling an onion, you know. You start peeling back that first layer. Okay, this is the dance, and then the next layer. Oh, yeah. but they used yeah. to do it like this, and mm-hmm. then the next layer. Oh, but this guy used to do this figura, and it, it it constantly, constantly, and it keeps bringing up other things that, all right, maybe when the person was teaching they didn't think about it, but the more you dive into the the details of it, that's. That's where the juice is. It gets juicy too. <laughs> yeah, it does. yeah, it does. But back to the question, because I, you know, I went way off on that. One too. Uh, no, everything is honestly everything that I everything that I do is for my daughter, mm-hmm. and that's number one. Family for me is the number one driving force to everything. Whether it's my wife, whether it's my daughter, uh, they come first, then it's me, and then everything else. So. It's a very simple answer. Yeah. I don't know why I made it so much more well, complicated. <laughs> I think, I mean, it's simple yet complex because I think that ultimately is why Greek dance has survived for so many thousands of years is because of exactly. that pride that, I mean, it, it this is a treasure that we want to make sure we're passing down to our children. And if, if, if that mentality didn't survive for the past couple of thousand years and we wouldn't have what we have today, Totally. So, you know, what what's more amazing to me is not that, you know, that you have that sentiment, but that so many people have had that sentiment exactly. in order to keep this alive. And we all have that shared. And that's why when we the thing we talk about where, you know, friendships and bonds that were created on the dance floor are stronger than anything else anybody has experienced in their life. And it's I think it comes down to this exact reason that it's that immense pride in passion for what we do the the dance has carried us so far for so long so i mean those two like that to me that very notion that sentiment 
if I can teach that to any one of my students, then I've succeeded. Mm -hmm. Well, you have the perfect example, right? And thus he started off as three guys playing in a, in a bathroom in, <laughs> in New York. And it's turned into, I think we have like nine different ways of, of, of Cubario. It's, it, mm -hmm. it, you know, <laughs> honest, honestly, I've spent more time away with, with the guys than I've spent with my family. So if it wasn't a personal thing, if it wasn't a, a friendship thing, then it wouldn't exist the way that it, yeah. that it does. And it's dance that brought us together. It's music that brought us together. It's, it's all these events, you know, and it, it creates, it's a bond that's a lot, a lot thicker than just working together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy because you might see these people, you know, for like really intense, concentrated amounts of time, but in less frequency than you see people like on your day to day or, you know, the people that you work with that you spend a lot of time with. But right the it the bond is just is so much stronger it's like that whole kind of like getting to know you process whatever like gaining trust in a relationship is like automatically there when you have these relationships that form out of like a love for dance or for music because you know that you're cut from the same cloth you know what i mean right. and you're like coming to the table with the same things that drive you and the same things that are important to you so you're like automatically clicking well, yeah, you're a special type of crazy to, to right. be into this stuff. So. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, legit, like, Evan and I were just talking last week about, like, maybe taking one of our groups to HDF, and in my head, I'm like, oh, my gosh, all these little gremlins, they're not that little, they're, you know, high schoolers, but, like, getting on an airplane with costumes, like, I feel like I'm going to need leashes for everyone. Like, I'm just going to need to like rope them all together. Cause I'm going to lose someone like that's just how it's going to, but you do have to be a special kind of crazy to be able to like exactly. stick with this. And as an adult to make this part of your daily life, it's just, it's just, you're right. You definitely are crazy. So <laughs> I can appreciate that though. <laughs> so how do you make the decision? How do you decide between you have a dance floor in front of you and you have your instruments in front of you. Which way do you go? <laughs> Why with the loaded question again? <laughs> right? <I don't>, this <laughs> is... Um, uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of one of those again. It's, it's whatever I'm feeling at that moment. Um, a lot of what drives me to dance is you know, when I know that I have a class to teach or I know that I have a performance coming up and then it becomes something that I have to do. Mm -hmm. um, with music, it's it's totally different. Uh, it's become totally different. I, I should correct myself there. It once was, okay, I need to learn this, this and that. And usually that happens around HDF, FDF time mm -hmm. where I know that I have to sit down and I have to learn 20 sets of everything. Um, but uh, it's become easier. Uh, just the amount of time that we've all been doing this. You know, I've been going to HDF since 2007, FDF since 2005. Wow. So you yeah. start seeing a, a pattern, you know exactly what's coming up. And, you know, a lot of times the teachers that come through will teach groups a lot of the same material and they have their structure. And you see that those performances are trending. <laughs> so... <laughs> You know, you, you try and, and get the skip on it and hope for the best. It's a lot of fun when somebody throws some really obscure stuff at you. You're like, what is this? Right. Is your daughter like musically or dance inclined? 
I mean, I mean, she's young, obviously, but like, is she like a little prodigy? Because I feel like if, she probably is. If I can say that she has the ear. Yep. I love that. She has it. Yeah. That's you know, awesome. if there's a, a Disney musical playing and she knows all the words to every song and she sings the melody, like right on it. And it, it's insane. Oh my gosh. How awesome yeah. is that for you as somebody who is a musician to see? <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that too. <laughs> yeah. That's so it's crazy. terrifying. I don't, I don't want her to end up like me. No, <laughs> kidding. Kidding. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love that. You know, um, it's also funny, Mitsu, when you said that your mom, um, is involved in teaching, mm -hmm. um, or involved in the group and, and however, which way, cause I think that's also a common thread that we're noticing in this podcast that people have like maybe moms or probably more moms than dads, but dads yeah. still hold some kind of an influence. A lot of it is like in the music side of things that we've noticed. Um, but that moms have held like a pretty big influence in people's you know, dance careers. Um, and I think that's like a really beautiful tradition. It, it pulls back to what you said about like how family is so important and that, you know, you're carrying this on and continuing to press on because of your family. Um, thinking about traditions in like the really large frame, um, are there different traditions with like Greek dance or Greek music that really speak to you um, or things that you really, you know, love tradition wise? So there's one that I have to speak from experience and okay, it wasn't cool. one that I played, which was awesome because I love living it, not playing because okay. when you're playing it, <laughs> everything gets lost. Um, there was two instances where I saw this happen and it was the most incredible thing. Right. So we have this tradition of the Nifi getting dressed in her house and then the musicians walking her to the church. Right. Mm -hmm. So the first time that I lived, it was Dimitri Papa Dimitriou's wedding that he got married in his wife's village in Kriti. Mm -hmm. So the leaders were going, we were at the Gabro's house, we were shaving him and beating him with a, a belt. <laughs> and then we all met up at the, you know, we took him to the, to the church and then we saw the procession coming up, right? That was the first time I saw it. I was mm -hmm. like, this is everything, right? Yeah. And then when it was my turn to be on the flip side, I was so jealous <laughs> of my wife having the musicians at her house <laughs> that I was waiting, you know, I'm waiting and, you know, every cabro is going to definitely feel for me when I'm saying this story. I'm sitting there, I'm shaking, I'm holding the bouquet and I'm shaking and everybody's coming up to me and every old Greek man is like, oh, you still have time. <laughs> no, dude, I paid the band already. I don't have time. Like, it's over. <laughs> no. No, but, uh, <laughs> but as they were walking up, and we got married in, in my wife's village. She's from outside of Egyo. Um, so we had Clarina, Daulia, Viola, and you could hear this whole thing resonate. And I'm sitting there at the church and I'm like, this is insane. Mm -hmm. Like they are coming to kill me right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was the, the I think that's the most beautiful tradition that we have. Mm -hmm. Honest to God. It lifts everybody's spirits. Everybody starts partying before the party happens. Mm -hmm. uh, and like I said, it, it, it is an out-of-body experience. It, it, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. I feel like mm -hmm. um, we've been to a few weddings where people have done that in the States, like in a different way, because obviously it's like the limo right. drives you to the church and then you kind of get out and you know they park kind of far away and then whatever. But um, I, I love that. I, I 
have a pretty fond memory of that happening in Greece too, like as a kid and just sitting on the, like the balcony of my Yaya's house and just watching people, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like everyone is in that procession, like, and they're all, and they're like dressed to the nines, walking down these like, you know, slippery roads, but it's just, everyone is so happy and it's like, it's just so cool. Like what, yep. what a great way to start, you know, a ceremony and, and start the rest of your life, like having like your own parade, you know? So exactly. It's awesome. That's yep. so it, it does. It sets the mood so much. It's like, hey, we're here to party. This is a celebration. Right. Yep. I, mean, I, I can only imagine how hyped you must be in the in the, the church ceremony after having like you have that whole buildup, you have all that music. Um Mano in Cyprus, like the it's the whole morning ordeal with the shaving and all that. You're going for hours at the house and then with all that build up and then you hear your blood has to be just like your heart's yeah, and then you gotta and sit there the for church. an hour <laughs> yeah and then, and then like you had this like lull at the church but you're like still i don't know yeah what a great way to like break the ice too you know what i mean like i feel like um not to knock like american wedding ceremony but you know everyone's so like nervous and quiet and like you know the organ starts playing like the processional or whatever um which is great it's beautiful um but this is a great way to like <laughs> break the ice and like you know i like make ah, it totally. more fun totally I totally i love it okay so another hard-hitting question <laughs> Evan, you're on a roll keep going keep them coming <laughs> so now i'm warmed an, up is there an area <laughs> of Greece that you struggle with more than any other or that I would say struggle with in a sense of either like finding a connection with or um yeah just getting oh yeah uh drama save the drama for your mama I I, there's some reason (laughs) that I just I can't get into it I think I had one or two shows that that I was you know, hired to play it. And it is, I don't know if I just don't have a connection to it or something, something just doesn't click with that, that area. A lot mm-hmm. of people love it. You know, that's cool. I love a lot of things that people don't like. <laughs> <laughs> that one just isn't me. Okay. That was an we easy, haven't had that. That was an easy answer. answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. What's the, one thing that you dislike about when you're like playing, like what's something that drives you nuts? That's easy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Softball question. <laughs> no, uh, what I don't like is people that, and this is usually younger uh, audience members, people that don't sit back and appreciate what's going on now. You know, we always, we'll start with the guy, right? And there's a, a specific sound and there's specific instruments. And we'll always have that group of kids come up and say, well, play Testo. Well, hold on. <laughs> Whoa. First of all, <laughs> we, you know, it's. Yeah. And I'll never forget it. And it's not only younger people. It's I think it's the dance group setting. Right. Is mm-hmm. that everybody's exposed to a lot of different things, which makes it really hard as a musician. Right. We can play all of it. We want to play all of it. We will play all of it. Just not right now. Mm-hmm. You know, everything has its time. Um, so funniest story. Uh, it was FDF 2010. 
we start playing the Gladian, we start playing Nishotka, right? Yanni starts firing up the, the violin, Aman Laut at the time. And this lady comes up to us and she drops this napkin with a list. And the one <laughs> yeah. said, I was like, what is that? Yanni hands it to me. I'm like, what, what is this? I look down and it's, we have a picture of this and you're going to definitely upload it to this podcast. It says, <laughs> Cretan, Pontic, Vinata, Vinata, mix it up. I'm like, ah. <laughs> like, what are you, are you kidding me? And we're, you know, we're getting cooking. I was like, what the hell's going on? Other thing that drives me nuts. Item number two. <laughs> I'm not going to tell anybody how to dance, but mm-hmm. if we're playing something and the whole room is dancing something, don't jump in the middle and do something else. Like, Mm-hmm. Susta sounds a lot like Malavizyoti. Don't mix the two, mm-hmm. especially if that just irks me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that goes back to exposure. That goes back to teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Um, other things. I mean, you see dance teachers. You see prominent members of a community that are dancing in front. And then you see some clown jump up in front of them, basically mm-hmm. disrespecting the whole seniority thing. And that's another thing that drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. And that starts in our classes, right? Mm-hmm. And that's a, a, a definite lesson that always needs to be taught yes. is that if there's somebody older, somebody that's higher up the chain, you let them do his thing and you learn from them. And mm-hmm. that's like the best way to learn because that's when they're letting loose. They're not teaching you steps there. They're, they're expressing themselves. They're doing their thing. Mm-hmm. And that's when you learn. Yeah. Well, it's a those are my th- thing. Those are my three things. Okay. I'm sure there's more if I sit there and think about it, but those are those are three big ones. Yeah, and a lot of it boils down to respect, like respect what the band is doing. Like they are breaking everyone in. They are getting people familiar with their style. They're you're creating like the atmosphere to rope people in, right? Exactly. Like if exactly. you just all of a sudden start with a crazy, crazy song, one people aren't warmed up. You know what I mean? They haven't had enough drinks in them, or if, if they're not drinking, whatever, they're just not warmed totally. up. You know, um, the the whole thing about people like, um, you know, going to the front of the line, I feel like the way I grew up um, is you are invited to the front of the line, you know, mm-hmm. and if you don't go, it's a little bit disrespectful on your part, no matter how much you may not want to be up there. Um, but it's an invitation to come up there because there is like um, not a chain of command, but a, a seniority thing. And totally. I, I totally agree because we see it a lot with our kids or um, not necessarily the kids that we're teaching now, but in other instances, like people will just break off and form another line. And it's like, you know, like let Papu, who like normally walks the cane, like let him just do his thing. The line might not be moving, but that's okay. Because oh, he, totally, you know, <laughs> like I said, take a step back, just watch what's mm-hmm. happening because guess what? You're definitely probably not going to see it again. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it, and that's like the, the beauty of the dancing too, right? You, you have these, these moments and you can capture these moments and, and you can count them on one hand mm-hmm. that you that you live. And there's no way that you're going to live it if you're starting your own line and showing off for what? Like, mm-hmm. Come on. Especially mm-hmm. if we're all at a dance festival. Everybody can can outdance everybody, right? Right. Right. This is not ah. like Dancing with the Stars. Um, no, exactly. napkin from that lady kills me. Like, dinata, dinata. Like, stop it. Oh, stop it was it. totally on there. Yep. That, I mean, that's such a huge conversation. I, I'm, 
we've talked about and we we got into this pretty heavily with Adi, but like mm-hmm. dance etiquette. And it's not about this structure of rules that prevents you from having a good time. It's it's the it's just those rules are all about appreciating the moments that are happening right in front of you. And like don't let your own ego get and get ahead of you and limit, you know, that moment because yeah, I mean, there's times where I'm like, oh, I'd love to be in the front of the line for this, but I know who I'm dancing with and I know like who's around. I, I'm not going to jump to the front of the line and just assume that that's where I belong. No, I'm going to get in the line and dance. I'm going to create a connection with the people around me. And if I end up at the front of the line for a dance, then great. If not, I'm still going to have an amazing time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the whole thing. Yep. You know, like, I don't know, it's just... <laughs> when you don't think about all those things and you just get in there and have a good time and you let the music carry you away, like it doesn't matter where you are. Mm-hmm. You, you're, that's, you're, that's why you're, you're doing connect, it. You know, guys, like, that, that's exactly it. Right. This whole thing is an escape from yeah. normal, like yeah. regular, you know? Yeah. So if yeah. you don't escape from, 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 from yourself, right. For those moments that you're at that party, then what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Go home. It's the same thing. Go dance in front of a mirror. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's my favorite. That's my favorite activity to do with the kids yeah. is have them dance with their eyes shut. Then all those things don't matter anymore. It doesn't matter where you are in the mm-hmm. circle. It doesn't matter what anybody around you is doing. Your eyes are closed. You're listening to the music. You're focusing on like feeling what your body is doing, that connection with the floor, connection with the person's hand next to you, connection with the sound hitting your, your ears, your body, you know, and, and that, like, to me, like, opens their eyes more than anything. Because now it's like, okay, I'm truly, that moment was truly for me and myself only. It didn't matter what anything was happening around me. Exactly. Yeah. I also think, too, a lot of what we're talking about speaks to, like, you can see a difference when groups use a variety of types of music to teach the same dances or when you see groups who just use the same songs, like the, you know, Barrios mix or whatever, like over and over, because you like, we joke about Omega vibes, right? And our kids are always like, put Omega vibes on. I think they've kind of grown out of this a little bit. They haven't really asked a whole lot since the pandemic. So maybe that's one good thing that came from COVID. And there's nothing wrong with putting on Omega vibes. There's a lot wrong with relying on that for as the reason why you'll get up to dance a pentosali when you have a group or a band that's playing like an amazing set you know what i mean and that's kind of what you have to like teach kids is that there has to be an appreciation for various types of things and an understanding between like what is commercialized greek music you know what i mean and then what is like authentic because i'd venture to guess you're not going to hear omega vibes coming out of like a church you know um, in Crete. I don't think it would happen. You know what I mean? So no, not ever. (laughs) (laughs) No, You know, that's, there's a lot more to what you just said though. Uh, as far as teaching that's, ah, gripe number four. Okay. (laughs) Write it down folks. Number four. (laughs) Yeah. Keep it, keep it going. And this is actually a, a great lesson for instructors, right? Um, teaching kids how to dance to, uh, all types of different music is the way that they're going to learn the dance. They're not learning a choreography and that's going to make your life a lot easier when you have to deal with us on the back end. If you hire live music, right? Mm -hmm. Not us, any live musician, 
they're not going to sound anything like the CD. I just dated myself. Right, you're good. The, the recording. <laughs> the cassette <Okay>? tape. <laughs> the cassette, yeah, the record. <laughs> no, uh, and it, it's it's such a struggle all the time, especially when there's transitions involved, right? You have, my cousin's a DJ and he spliced it right there. Well, great, that's awesome for your cousin. Do it to the... <laughs> Do it to your his mix because I can't do that. Like it doesn't yeah. make sense musically, and that's part of learning a, a dance, right? Is that you have to learn why it goes on this interval and why we start here, and that's something that, unfortunately, you kind of like we said in the beginning. I'm bringing it back. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> is that they 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 go hand in hand? It's so much linked, right? A lot of people don't know that there's a metro for for Cañote totally you know example just pulling it out if you don't start it on that metro then you're off for the rest of the dance Mm -hmm. a lot of these kids have no idea what the hell i'm talking about right Mm -hmm. and that's a problem that's a problem because it makes it way more difficult for me to play that right Mm -hmm. because as a musician i'm feeding off of whoever's dancing and if i see that they're wrong it's always going to bother me and i'm going to think of how i can change it so that they're on Mm -hmm. what gets me even more is if I change it and then they do it off again. Right. I mean, it, it's a never ending circle. Yeah, you're like chasing your tail. <laughs> that's, I mean, but, that's um, actually, that's a huge point, the musicality of it. Right. And, you know, a good instructor can know the steps and teach the steps all day long. But if a good instructor doesn't have the musicality to support that, I mean, that's, I mean, whenever I teach Cretan, that's a huge thing that I tell them. Like the beat sounds like it's continuous and, but they're, you have to listen to the melody because the melody is going to tell you when Absolutely. you're actually starting. Absolutely. There is a start and there is a stop and you can't just jump in whenever you feel like it. Um, so I, I think that's, that's huge. And that irks me more than anything. I'll be watching a group dance and I'll be like, they're off beat. I'm like, no, they're not. They're on the beat. I'm like, no, they're off. It's, I can't watch yeah. it. Like I, I have to turn away. I'm like, it's killing me. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. They're not off beat. They're off. The, they're off the metro yeah they're like they're, there's a specific part of everything right and it's that's one of those things that you have to you have to dive in i mean dive in all the way mm-hmm. otherwise you know all right you're listening to it okay this kind of goes it kind of no, don't do things kind of i hate kind of go all the way <laughs> you know mm-hmm. absolutely and which is another driving force right every <laughs> everything at a hundred percent there's no there's no half, well, which if, is if why I can't stand drama, right? right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and if there was, if you weren't hundred percent, you wouldn't be like pushing yourself to play all these instruments, to have your own dance group, to continue with that. Um, how many instruments do you play? I don't think Ooh. we have uh, The last time I counted, it was something like 29 that I played. Uh, obviously not all at the same level, uh, mm-hmm. but I can make a noise out of 29 different <laughs> instruments. No, uh, it's, it's a hard question because yeah. I have the instruments that I'll, that I'll go out and I'll play professionally. Mm-hmm. And then there's the stuff that I, I dabble with and I have it on the side or I use it as a filler on recordings or something like that where I'm able to play it, but I won't feel comfortable doing an entire night of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but my main instruments are, are buzuki, lauto, uh, lira, clarino, uh, tsabuna for sure. Uh, 
Do you still play piano? Guy, that guitar. Uh, I don't know what else can I. What else I got around? Right. So Those nice. are just off the top of my head. But uh, my worst instruments are uh, are percussion. Believe it or not. Interesting. I, I, I just don't have it. Yeah. Some people are very rhythmic. Uh, Papa Dimitri was one of the best Dawili players on this hemisphere. Yeah. After, I want to say it publicly. The guy's uh, a different level. Okay. Yeah. Uh, listening to the the intricacies of him play is honestly, you sit there and you, like I said, you take a step back and you're like, what are you doing? What planet are you on? Right. Mm -hmm. But it all mm -hmm. makes sense on his metro and he doesn't miss a beat. The guy's a machine. Mm -hmm. um, I just don't have it. I, yeah. I try and get intricate and I end up screwing the whole thing sideways. So right. <laughs> more than just a, a, a goofy recording, I won't do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's that's awesome. Um, this has been fantastic because um, I have learned so much about you. I didn't even know that you had your own dance group. So thank you um, for that. If people are interested in like learning more about you or or your recordings, because you do these really crazy, I don't know what they're called in real life, like mashups where you're playing all these different instruments and it comes out as a fantastic sound. How can people yeah. find you? Uh, Facebook, Demetrius Dallas. Okay. Uh... Yeah, those recordings, the only thing that got me through the pandemic season. Yeah, seriously. How long does one of those take to make? Uh, how long is, it depends on how long the uh, the song is. I usually do them in one or two cuts. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't goof around wow. too much. Yeah. So if it's four minutes, it's four minutes times however many instruments. That's so crazy. If you haven't yeah. seen Mitsu do this thing, like look him up and just watch these things. Because it's like one of the most entertaining things you can actually watch. Because... I don't know. I feel like every time I watch one, I'll like watch a different instrument that you're playing. And I'm like, there's something going on between your ears. That's like, I just, I can't even quantify it with all you musicians. It's just, it's wild. It's lonely. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Be, COVID has done that to all of us. <laughs> yeah, we need to be back on the dance floor ASAP. Yeah, seriously. Um, Mitsu, thank you so much for joining us today. This was fantastic. Um, and we will be back. If you all liked this, please like and subscribe to our podcast. And we'll be back with more of the members from Embassy um, next week. Oh